Folks, we got the Locked On Mock Draft to talk about today, and Colton Pouncey will join us from TheAthletic.com. Brad Holmes spoke today. What did he say? Find out next. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on a Thursday, April 20th into Friday, April 21st. Folks, listen up. Listen up. In one week, in one week from today, round one of the NFL draft. The Lions pick six. They pick 18th. Will they stay? Will they trade up? Will they trade down? Will they add additional picks? Wink, wink. All of that will be determined a week from tonight. So excited. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Watch us on YouTube for free. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, at Locked on Lions, the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. Tomorrow on the show, Steve Avila, left guard, TCU. Lions talk to him at the Combine. Lions talk to him. In Allen Park, he will join us tomorrow on the show. Draft prospect, hopefully late first rounder, second rounder, Steve Avila with us tomorrow on the show. Do not miss that. Colton Pouncey from TheAthletic.com will join us momentarily. Colton, of course, one of the Lions beat writers and took over for Chris Burke this past year. Does a very good job. We'll talk to Colton about Brad Holmes' press conference today and what he had to say about a lot of different subjects, including Jalen Carter. And what the Lions are going to be doing with the backup quarterback situation. So we will do all that coming up today on Locked On Lions. Again, this is your team every day. As you know, you can go to the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. And today, it is out. All of the episodes of the Locked On Podcast Network annual mock draft, where all of the Locked On hosts draft for their team. So... Quick rundown before we talk to Colton Pouncey. Bryce Young went number one to the Panthers. C.J. Stroud went number two to the Texans. Will Anderson went third, batting third, to the Arizona Cardinals. Colts took Anthony Richardson at four, and Seattle, and our buddy Corbin from Lockdown Seahawks, took Tyree Wilson at five. I tried, and you'll listen to this on the podcast, I tried to trade out of number six. Anderson gone, Wilson gone. I tried. I entertained trade offers. Nothing matriculated. And so at number six in the locked-on mock draft, yes, I took Kalijah Cansey from Pitt. Now, go to Derry Speaks on Twitter. I did retweet the locked-on tweet about this. And many of you are ticked off at me. Many of you you think I'm crazy. How could you reach for a guy? I just have this feeling. They are in love with Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. So I took him at number six. Um, Jalen Carter went a pick later as the Eagles moved up to number seven with a trade with the Raiders. Blah, 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 blah. We got down to number 18. And I took Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson. Thought it was a decent fit. Another guy for the defensive line. I took him at number 18. Then... Toward the end of the mock draft, 
I called my buddy Ross Jackson while I was texting with him. And I said, let me, let's make a trade for um, number 29 and the Saints pick. And I traded 48 and 55, the Lions' two second-round picks, to move up to number 29 to take Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. So I got us Cansey, Murphy, and Torrance, two D linemen and an offensive lineman. I want to do more on this tomorrow. We're going to have Steve Avila on tomorrow. But those are my picks for the Lions. I moved up to get Torrance so he could be the future at either right guard or left guard. I got us Cansey, Miles Murphy. I'm beefing up on the line, which is what I think Brad Holmes is going to do. Now, again, if Tyree Wilson was there at six, I would have taken him. But he won a pick before. So, be that as it may, as my old friend Dave the Mayor Zippor would say. All right, Locked On Lions today brought to you by our friends at Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And I can't tell you how much fun I had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts during the season. Shout out to Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He was the winner. But it's your turn to compete. Want to run your own franchise? Want to draft players? Want to make trades? Want to hire and fire coaches? You could do it at Ultimate Football GM. You navigate your franchise through the entire season, and it's a lot of fun. All right, what's great about it is you don't have to be online to play. All right, you can do this on your phone without having to be online. There's a Lockdown League coming up for this year that you can compete against all Lockdown fans. Uh, can you be the ultimate Lockdown Football GM? Choose the Lockdown League in the app to join so you can create your own football dynasty. Lockdown Lions listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps. Make sure you check it out today. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, as promised, you're unlocked on Lions. Colton Pouncey is with us, uh, with us from TheAthletic.com. Uh, joins us here as we talk a little draft and uh, what Brad Holmes had to say today. Colton, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to How these, you been? Uh, oh, I've been good, man. Just enjoying these last few days until the draft next week and enjoying my free time until I'm locked away in a room for the next three days come next weekend. So, <laughs> yeah. Biggest, biggest takeaway from Brad Holmes today. What was it for you? Um, It seems like... Honestly, like around this time a year ago, they pretty much knew what the possibilities were at number two overall. Not so much this year. Um, they're kind of pre preparing for a lot of different scenarios at number six. Obviously, can't really predict. Uh, you can try as much as you want, but there might be some scenarios that uh, come into play that you probably weren't expecting. So I think they're still trying to go go through their list and you know develop their board and kind of get some names down and, and determine which players they like. I'm sure they have a handful of guys at number six, but uh, you know, the difference between this year and last year's, you know, those two first right now with at six and 18, um, those spots are two spots where you really don't know. One's kind of like outside the top five, the other one's middle of the draft. So you really don't know which player's going to be there. So I think they're kind of, um, you know, keeping their options open and, and use as much time as they can until the draft next week. What did you make of Holmes's comment today about Jalen Carter? I, I know Twitter was a buzz, uh, certainly. Uh, by the way, shout out. I'm no longer blue check marked and will not be. Was <laughs> yours either. taken away as well? Was also taken away, yes. Congrats, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, but Twitter was a buzz about Jalen Carter and Brad Holmes's comment today that, you know, we feel better about him than we than we did. What 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 what's your takeaway on it? And what do you think? 
are the chances that Brad pulls the trigger and takes him at six? Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm doing mental gymnastics trying to make sense of like how they feel about this dude because, uh, you know, Holmes at, at the, the owners meetings in Arizona last month kind of said, uh, you know, he talked to one of Carter's teammates at Georgia and learned some interesting things about him. And then when yeah. asked to follow up, like, is that good or bad? He goes, it was interesting. So he's trying, trying to keep things close to the best there. Uh, I thought Holmes was saying that he felt better about the visit. I thought that was, to use Campbell's words, interesting. Um, but I think they're leaving the door open for for the possibility of uh, taking a guy like that on. And um, obviously, when you've had an offseason sort of as, as turbulent as Jalen Carter's has been this offseason, um, you're always kind of worry, worry about like bringing a dude like that into your locker room, right? But I do think the Lions feel good about the, the group that they have in place. Um, that's one of the reasons why they brought back Alex Anzalone. He's a guy that they really trust in that locker room, um, really great leader. They like what he brings on the field, but also everything off the field in that locker room is very important for a young crew. Um, but I also think that there are some other dudes in that locker room, like David Montgomery is a high character guy. Um, you know, you hear some of these other dudes, uh, you know, obviously Aiden Hutchinson and Ali McNeil and some of these young guys, Penny Sewell as well. So I think they like what they've developed, what they brought in the first two years of their, of their draft classes there. But um, when you have a chance to get a player like Jalen Carter, who may or may not be the best player in this draft, like talent wise, and he fits a position of need, maybe you trust your, your locker room and the culture that you've kind of established over the years to bring in a guy like that. Maybe you take a chance on that. Maybe you feel good um about that this year when you probably wouldn't have maybe two years ago so that might that could be the difference if they end up taking Jalen Carter this year if not it'll be a continuation of kind of what they've shown the previous two years where look we don't want anyone to kind of come in here and interrupt what we've got going what we're building here and we think there are some good players that can help us that that aren't named Jalen Carter so I kind of go back and forth the comments today seem more encouraging but I don't know if I'd read way too much into those do you think what what I mean, put yourself in his shoes. What would you do? I mean, you've watched the tape, you've watched the games, you know, you covered, you know, college football pretty recently. I mean, the fit, you're right. It, it, it's exactly what they could need to put next to Lee McNeil and Isaiah Bugs. And I even mentioned yesterday Levi owns Enrique, and I haven't said his name in two years, but like, yeah, it's the fit, but it also goes against everything that they've been doing for the last couple of years. And it kind of goes against too, Sheila, Sheila Hampa a little bit as well. Yeah, you're right. And Holmes did say he's had conversations with Sheila and she's always in the loop. She knows what's going on there. Um, I think it, there are different types of character that, you know, that you can bring in, right? You can have a guy that's just cocky, um, maybe like a CJ Carter Johnson that they were perfectly fine bringing in because Aaron Glenn knows him well, coached him in, in New Orleans, has a good relationship with him, right? Not worry about him at all. There are other guys that are locker room cancers. I don't know if I would describe Jalen Carter as that. It seems to me from what I've like, kind of heard from the background that he's maybe just a little, a little immature. Um, and if that's all it is, and that's something Holmes kind of sometimes you have players that their, their only issue is they need to do some, some growing up. They're a little bit immature. Um, and that's something that maybe you can bet on if, if the town is there and, and trust your that you built in your locker room. So if Carter is one of those guys and they characterize it that way, I could totally see them bringing him in in terms of talent. It's a no brainer, right? Like without the offseason that he's had, He's there at six. You run up, you sprint to the podium with that card, and you you call it a day, right? Um, in terms of what I would do, you know, he might just be too good to pass up on. And I think part of the other reason is you don't want him falling to the Bears either, because then you have to play against that dude for the next ten years in the NFC North. So that could be another another deciding factor there if he falls to nine somehow. Um, but I, I did talk to Aaron Glenn a couple months ago and asked him, "Do you feel like your locker room is, is strong enough to take on a 
a guy with maybe some perceived character issues. And, um, you know, one thing you mentioned was in New Orleans, we had a locker room that policed itself. Um, you, we, that's kind of the way they built it, him, Dan Campbell, Sean Payton. Um, and he feels that the Lions are sort of getting there. They're not there fully, but they're on their way. So um, he said he's never – there have been very few guys that he's had trouble making it work with in terms of those perceived character issues. So everything I've heard leads me to believe that they could take a chance. And, again, it would be a drastic change from what they've shown in the first few years. But maybe this year where you have some playoff expectations, maybe this is the year that you take, the, take that chance, you roll the dice, and you bring in a guy like that. Colton Pouncey with me from The Athletic. Check out his stuff at theathletic.com. I love when he collabs with our buddy Nick Baumgartner on some of this draft stuff. It's been good to read. Uh, Colton, love that you're a part of the Lions uh, uh, beat here. Tell me about the Brad Holmes comment today about quarterbacks. Um, No GM here in years likes to talk about quarterbacks. It's almost like Brad Holmes was pretty open today about they're going to be adding one one way or the other. How do you think that's going to go? Yeah, uh, I think there are levels to this question and this discussion in general because he's pretty open about it. Like you said, like they do want to add a third quarterback. And he said that I think you kind of hint. He was sort of hinting at that early, you know, his end of the year press conference. He said, you know, it's easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better. But, you know, at the combine, he was saying, we're going to look at some quarterbacks. We may draft them. We may have one in free agency. So if you look at the room from last year, it was Jared Goff and, and Nate Sudfeld. And you look at the quarterback room right now, it's Jared Goff and Nate Sudfeld. So, it's exactly the same. So if you're going to add, one would think it's either through the draft or they do have that offer out that uh, Ian Rappaport reported uh, to Teddy Bridgewater. And some of these veteran quarterbacks that they're looking at um, are waiting until after the draft to see what teams do. Because they don't want to go into a situation where all of a sudden you've got an established starter, you just drafted a rookie, and then a guy like Teddy would come in to be like your number three quarterback or whatever. He doesn't. I'm, I'm certain he doesn't want that situation. So he's probably waiting to see what some of these teams do. So if the Lions do draft one, um, whether it's a developmental guy later on or, you know, a guy at six that falls, uh, I doubt that they would bring in Teddy Bridgewater to be, you know, one of the fourth, the number four quarterback on the roster. Um, so I do think it's it's sort of either going to be a guy in the draft here coming up or maybe they circle back to a veteran like that. Um, either way, it seems like they do want a third quarterback. That's what Brad Holmes said today. Um, I'm not exactly sure what he's thinking in terms of these quarterbacks at the top or how he feels about them. I personally like Alec Anthony Richardson. I think he's kind of perfect for what, um the Lions can do with him having a guy like Ben Johnson in place you basically redshirt him behind a guy like Jared Goff you don't have to force him into action before he's ready because he's a guy that's going to need time um and Jared Goff is two years left on his contract he said the other day that he has not had talks with the front office about an extension so that tells you maybe they're playing this sort of wait and see approach which is a smart thing to do um at the same time maybe they don't like any of these quarterbacks at the top and they'd rather wait till next year and that's perfectly fine too um and maybe draft a guy later in the sixth or seventh seventh round if they can pick up another pick there so uh all options are on the table like i would not be surprised any direction they go um in a year like this though it maybe would make some sense to bring in a guy like teddy bridgewater as a backup where you you know the expectations are higher you can make the playoffs this year if jared goff goes down you don't want a scenario like the 49ers had where they're scrambling to put in whoever's healthy um so again i can see all options on the table right now more with Colton Pouncey coming up next. I want to ask him about uh, the lockdown mock draft that uh, we did. And, uh, yes, I made three picks in the first round. I made a trade up. I want to talk to Colton about that. We'll do that coming up next right here on a Thursday, Lockdown Lions. All right, Colton Pouncey with me from theathletic.com. Uh, before I give you this uh, crazy mock that I did, but uh, let me ask you this. 
you know, people talk about position of need. And they're like, oh, Jalen Carter, Carter fits a need. Where are you on taking a corner at six? And is that a need? Or is there a need that, that we're not talking about that this organization has, including maybe right guard, although they were very, uh, they were lauding Vitae the other day that his teammates were. But where do you look at, like, if you haven't put a needs chart together, what maybe the top three are for this team? Yeah, a lot of their needs are not, like, immediate 2023 needs, which is sort of the interesting part here. And they can kind of either wait on some of those or, or look to strike on that now in preparation for 2024. So the cornerback position is one I look I look at, and I look at their cornerback room. The only guys signed for 2024 and beyond are Cam Sutton and seventh-round pick Chase, Chase Lucas, who may or may not even make the roster. So – they don't have a ton in place for 2024 and beyond. So I think if you're looking at number six and some of their options, there is a Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. There is a Christian Gonzalez. Those are two players that are kind of considered top 10 prospects in this class that will be could be there at number six. So that's certainly on the table for me. I would say the most glaring need for 2023 would probably be defensive tackle, which is why we're having this discussion about Jalen Carter, uh, Clash of Cansey, maybe some second round options. Um, and then, like you mentioned, guard is certainly a big one, too, because Vitae, uh, he's a free agent next year. Uh, Graham Glasgow, who they brought back, he's only on a one-year deal. And uh, Jonah Jackson, uh, his, his deal is expiring, too. And, you know, at the, at the rate guards are getting paid right now, uh, I don't know if you want to pay him, like, you know, $16 million or whatever it would take to keep him around. Or maybe you start preparing now. Obviously, you want him back in the mix, but, you know, you got to be uh, prepared for any situation that arises. So, I do think they're looking at guard. They brought in a lot of interior prospects um, on these pre-draft visits. They're doing their homework and certainly makes sense. Uh, a guy like Osiris Torrance from Florida, um, Chandler Zavala from NC State could be there in the second or third round. So um, those are probably the three positions I would say. And if I were to add a fourth, I would say probably linebacker as well. It doesn't hurt to add more, more talent to that room as well. So in the Lockdown Mock Draft, all the hosts uh... – we put this together last week, and um, Will Levis fell pretty pretty far. So did Jalen Carter. So it got down to the point where Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson were both gone. Yeah. And I took Cansey at six, and I posted it today, and people were like, oh, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but I got Kalijah Cansey at six, Miles Murphy at 18, and then I make a trade. I traded this two second-round picks, uh, 48 and 55, up to 29 to get Osiris Torrance. Okay. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you're adding two positions of need in the first round uh, in defensive tackle, Klajikansi and Torrance late. So I, I do like the move to move up for him because I don't think Torrance will be there by 48. He seems like a guy that if he doesn't go first round, will go early second. So if you want him, you're going to have to trade out get him, I think. So I think yeah. you're right there. Um, I don't love Murphy, and I think if I – I, I guess – if you're going to take Murphy, I would probably lean corner with the first pick. So you get some for the secondary, you get some for the defensive line, maybe you come back in the second round with the defensive tackle. Um, a lot of mocks that I've been doing personally, I'd probably take like Witherspoon at six or Gonzalez at six and then try to get Cansey at 18. I don't know if that would have worked out in, in the mock draft that, that you did because I think he could end up going even higher than 18. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but whenever you can get a, an interior pass rush from that defensive tackle position, it's always going to help your defense. That's something that they can use. The, the questions with Cancy are, is he too small? Can he defend the run? I don't really see that as a big issue because uh, it's really easy to find defensive tackles that can just stop the run and, or a big body you can kind of plug in there. Like we saw Isaiah Bugs really help this defensive line. That was basically He was basically added off the street, basically. So um, I think it's easier to find guys like that than it is guys like Cancy. So maybe a little too high for me personally, but I can understand the thought process behind it. And getting three first-round picks, yeah. trading up, I really like that idea. 
Um, I've kind of done that myself too. <laughs> I just think when I see Cansey, and I know he didn't do any visits, the arms are small. It, it reminds me of Aaron Donald. And the pass regime obviously failed and, and took Ebron over Donald. I mean, we don't have to talk about that, but like, I just see a can't, I just think Cansey's just reeks of Campbell and Holmes. And maybe they go in their heads. We got to go. We got to take him now. Now, again, this is with Wilson and Anderson off the board. I think if Tyree Wilson is there at six, I think they're taking him. I think if Will Anderson's at six, they're taking him. But in this mock, I had to do what the board said. And that's kind of why I went with it. But could you see a scenario where Anderson and Wilson are gone and they would reach for Cansey or no way? I would almost try to trade back maybe to like the early teens uh, if yeah. they really want Cansey instead of staying at six. If you can. It, a lot of it depends if there's a partner available and willing to come up and which players they want. Maybe a quarterback. Maybe, maybe Tennessee. Yeah, maybe Tennessee if uh, Gallup Levis or whoever a quarterback is on the board at six. Um, I could see that happening. I don't. I, I like Cansey. I probably wouldn't take him that high because I do like some second round options too. I think, uh, although you traded your second round pick, so <laughs> that's, that's, I, I had to get our guy pick. Osiris. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I see the thought process though. Like again, anytime those guys are always going to go higher than people think because if you have every team is looking for those dudes, the interior pass rush guys that can wreak havoc from the middle. The Lions have not had that. They drafted Levi to be that guy. He's been injured. He hasn't really played a ton. So I do think that when you're looking at a team that has playoff expectations, they want to be a contender. If you have a chance to go get one of those dudes, maybe you do it and you don't worry about public perception. And then he comes in and he balls out and all of a sudden he's worthy of the number six pick. So that can, that's how it can go sometimes. So if that's how it would work out in the future for the Lions, I'm sure they would love that. Colton, great to see you. Thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. There he is, Colton Pouncey with us from TheAthletic.com. A second year, entering a second year on the Lions beat. This has been a Thursday Locked on Lions. Reminder tomorrow, Steve Avila could be a Lion. Uh, is going to join us on the show tomorrow.